1: You guys out there saying, oh, Jake Paul's not a real boxer. He's not boxing real people. The fact that you're even saying that shows you're engaged, shows you know what's happening. What's,
0: what's going, going on, guys? guys? Welcome, welcome back, back to, to Watch, watch time. time. That was actually not planned <laughs> and that was pretty damn solid. We are back again for another week of talking about all things internet. And this week is actually quite unique as it will be the final week where we are recording... In this current location with this background and this brick wall that people who watch the video youtube version have all come to love
1: right before we started this we were like what should we be titling this week's episode what are we talking about maybe we could title it the end of watch time
0: the last watch time episode oh my god that's like quintessential youtube clickbait where it's like it is true but it's not yeah it's like it's
1: ironic but it's like
0: yeah and then people click and they're like oh okay i guess that was a (laughs) fair title but like fuck you
1: it's it's the end of an era it, it is, is. the end, of, the end of
0: this office building's era. So essentially uh, Sydney, obviously as we've talked about in previous weeks, currently we're still in lockdown and it looks like we're definitely going to be in just as strict a lockdown for at least about another month and a half. They're all governments, like when we hit 70% vaccination rate, that's when they'll start laxing things again because we're definitely not getting rid of it now. Delta has escaped the stable and it's fucking She's gone down the road. She's here to stay. Yeah, we're going to be in lockdown for another month and a half. The Lease on this building is coming up. Um, So we are going to be acquiring new office space in the new year. But with lockdown, it really just doesn't make sense to keep on renting such a big production level space with really no one even here. It's kind of obscene. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm
1: I'm bittersweet about it though. Like I I always kind of get excited about like the start of a new chapter, but also this building has been so major for us. Yeah. This
0: is, this was a big, big office move.
1: Huge move. We literally
0: went from the granny flat above my garage to here. Yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't like a oh yeah like a gradual progression it was like no granny flat to giant converted four story
1: warehouse i don't know, i just have such fond memories of Like when we found this space and moving in here, and just like at that time thinking, like, oh, what's the next two years going to hold for us? Mm. That was how long we signed the lease for, and just like the people that have been through here, and like the videos that have been filmed here, like we filmed so many click videos here, we've filmed boys videos here, we've filmed thousands of watch time episodes. Like it's been a journey, good times. I don't know, like. You know, the click that moved into this office is a really different click to the one that's moving out of it, mm. and I'm so proud of us.
0: And the team's grown so much. I think like the the click management team alone is like approaching twenty.
1: Cra- crazy. And
0: if you're interested in a talent manager role, the team's growing.
1: We are hiring, but you do have to be in Sydney. It's kind of like a nice time to reflect because at the moment we are. Everyone on the team is doing like self-assessments and reflections where we basically like we have a form and like we all reflect on like what are the things that have gone really well the past year? What are we, what are our goals for the next year? Um, and, and one of the questions is, you know, around like how well um how good a place Click's been to work. And it's just, I don't even think I've shown you any of these answers yet, but it's just so cool. Like it's truly cool to just see how many people on the team love coming to work at Click and like it's just wild to me that this little thing that we started as like a side project for four and a half years ago now employs like 20 people and like there's 20 people in the world that when when someone asks them like where do you work they say oh I work at Click and like you know what I mean mm. I don't yeah, know if that sounds cool. silly no, but like no, for me is. for me I think like one of my my proudest achievement 100% in the last two years of being in this office is the fact that we are leaving with a team that is so good and cohesive yeah. and like happy to be doing what we're doing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I love how it is, but I'm also very excited to move because it's like, you know, when you were a kid and you're in your room, you're like, oh, I'm going to rearrange the furniture. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put the bed in that corner or the desk in that corner yep. and like, and you just move stuff around and you walk into your room, you're like, whoa, a different human. Like that, but like a whole new building.
1: I feel so inspired when I'm working in a new place. Like oftentimes when I, even when we're working at home right now, like I'll move spots throughout the day because if I'm trying, if I'm starting to get a little bit like slow or I'm not moving as quickly with my work, I'll like move somewhere new and I'm like, whoo, all right, I'm invigorated.
0: Yeah, literally. It's very invigorating to move, to move location. Yeah. Very, very exciting. I'm super, super keen. I know that you're keen. Uh, and it yeah. It does
1: mean that it's the end of the iconic brick wall though for a while. Until
0: we find another brick wall, a better brick wall, an even brickier wall. And that we're you've never not seen. sure.
1: Yeah, I mean we're not sure exactly when that's gonna be. We're gonna be back to digital episodes for a little bit, but we're okay. We're good with that.
0: Watch time twenty twenty two. Now with more brick. Dude, that's who's gonna, gonna, gonna be take the line. sign?
1: The sign in the background of our storage. That's where
0: it's going. Storage? I think so. Like, okay, I've got a lot of crap in my I, house. I like put it in my
1: bedroom. <laughs> I just got done
0: cleaning out my house. I do not have room for more <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, anyway, the good news is there will be a new Office Tour video uh, which we could actually post on the Watch Time channel. Oh,
1: um, we could. We could actually
0: start doing some non-only... Uh, podcast content that could
1: actually be really fun yeah, that
0: could be a fun breakup so we might uh we might do a new office tour in a couple of months when we move in get excited get hyped because it's gonna be very very lit the only thing that i'm not looking forward to is re-soundproofing everything because you guys can't see from the uh angle that you watch this podcast at or you can't see it all if you're it's just listening to it but uh we have cladded many walls in this office with soundproofing took a long time it was not especially cheap Uh, so we are going to need to do that again. Uh, But, yep, anyway, new office space. Should be exciting.
1: Should be exciting.
0: Now on to... How was your week?
1: My week has been pretty good. Honestly, it's been a little stressful the last couple weeks, but that's okay. Stress and like going through tough times is all about how you frame it in your mind. And Mm. I think I've gotten into such a positive mindset now. Literally, I think about it like a muscle. Like, you know, when you go to the gym and you're like getting stronger and you're like, and the only way to get stronger is by exercising your muscles. Like sometimes I think that, I think, you know, and you would probably attest to this is a few years ago, probably one of my weaknesses and definitely in work was, um, my resilience. I think Mm. I have, I'm a massive people pleaser. I really have like a strong desire to keep people happy (laughs) around me. And the reality of life is that that's just not always going to be the case. Like you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the shop and some people just aren't going to like peaches. And I think (laughs) never heard
0: that before. Really?
1: I, I like that resilience is a muscle that you can only exercise through going through difficult times. And I think I'm in a much better place now mm. where like I can go through something stressful or difficult and it can be difficult. I've recognized it's hard. And at the same time, I'm like, fuck, I'm getting strong. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like, I am building some serious re- resilience right now and knowing that I'm going to be able to take that and be better prepared for whatever the future is going to give me.
0: Yeah, like, no, 100%. You know,
1: I'm being very in a positive mindset around it now. Obviously, there's ups and downs and I get stressed and upset as much as the next person, but I don't know. Do you think, like, I feel like three years ago you would need to give me, like, little pep talks all the time, but, like. Yeah,
0: no, you you very much back in the day, like, even even the – because obviously the business that, that we're in and especially you're in is, like, so many emotions and relationships and- There's a lot of stakeholders. Everything from, you know, juggling how a brand feels, how a talent feels, to how all the employees feel, to like everything, there's so much going on. And like you say, like there are always, you could do the greatest thing in the world. There's always going to be, for whatever reason- bumps that happen in relationships all around the shop. And I remember yeah. it could be the slightest thing, like someone voicing, like uh, being being like, oh, I wasn't a hundred percent happy with like an edit on a click video. And like, even those things wouldn't necessarily trigger a whole like issue, but it would, you wouldn't really cope with them well. Whereas now I definitely think you're learning to, yeah. um, to process things healthily. Like kind of, if, if there's an issue, look at it objectively. Is there something you could have done? is there like an issue that realistically you should be concerned about or are there just, you know, kind of things that are out of your control? And I think sometimes there are just things out of your yeah. control and you're doing a much better job at uh, at cruising that off. Whereas I was always too far on the other end. Anything could happen. There could be a there could be a hurricane like coming towards me and be like, oh, this fucking... She'll probably be right. I mean, <laughs> you know, not a deal, but... Early,
1: like. No, yin and yang in, like, many <laughs> ways. Very and it's,
0: yin and yang. But,
1: but it's good. I do think we balance each other out. But Ooh. I think that desire comes from a good place where I've always yeah. wanted to, like, do well, you know? And I think, like, pre-click, when I was working in a much more structured corporate environment, um, to be honest, like, the the path or the recipe for success was quite clear Mm. uh it was like you know do all these things and you'll do a good job and so it was quite easy for me to um I don't want to like be one of those people that like you know is like oh, I'm such an overachiever. It's hard. But like, you know what I mean? It was like easy. I, I, I always felt like I got a lot of satisfaction from external validation. Like I would want other people <laughs> to be like, you did a good job on that. And and yeah. that that is a weakness. I, I actually, I don't mean that in a sarcastic or like a self-deprecating way. Like it is a weakness because Coming then into a job where you're working for yourself, no one is going to give you that external yeah, validation. Yeah, that's true actually. No one is there to give you it, give it to you. No one's gonna pat you on the back and say you've done a good job. You actually need to be able to be really objective with yourself and yeah. know when you can say, you know what, you had a really tough day yeah. and you did a good job. I never thought or about that. Or you need to be able to say, you know what, you could have done better there. And so I think like that's also been a skill that's developed a lot.
0: See, so, like I am my own boss with YouTube, but I do kind of get a little bit of external validation when I like when you log into your dashboard and YouTube has a little confetti effect then it's like, your latest video
1: is a one oh, out of ten. Dude, I reckon YouTube is um – Almost suffer with the opposite issue where it's too much. No, no, no.
0: It is. But that's the thing. It's either the best or it's the worst. Cause either you're on an uptick and you've got like yeah. a cheerleader and you're kind of like, you go, man, look, fucking knocking 10 out of one out of 10, every video. Oh, you're, yeah. like, you're kicking goals right now, man. Revenue up 10%. You go, man. Subscribers up. Or it's the opposite. And, yeah. it, and you're on a downtick for the month or two and you wake up every morning and like, and YouTube. Like people
1: don't like this. You're lying in bed
0: <laughs> and, and you just pull up your phone and YouTube's just like. Why even bother getting out of bed? You fucking failure. What's that? 10 out of 10 on your most recent video. Why do you even exist?
1: But I think that's true. Like, I think there was a period probably like five to seven years ago where you were just completely obsessed with analytics. Mm. You'd be checking every single day numbers. And there's a point where you need to also be able to switch off and like say, actually, I don't need this external sort of (laughs) validation or critique, I suppose. And I've got to be able to give it to myself and say, like, you know, you did a good job regardless of how many people watched my video. Oh, I feel like I could do a Rookie episode on that.
0: Rookie CEO is
1: my other podcast, by the way, guys, if you want to listen to that. It's much more on the business side of things, which I know a lot of people, we get a lot of feedback on Mm. Watch Time saying people really like the insight into the business. So there's a little insight of the week.
0: The other thing that happened this week was Jake Paul punched a guy and he got punched back a bit, but then he punched him back. And... It was, it was, I mean, honestly, I've got to give respect because the thing is every single time people make an excuse for why like the fight wasn't a real fight, they have taken it up a notch and fought a better person, both the Paul brothers.
1: Okay. I fully agree. I fully agree. And I was talking about this today. I'm doing boxing like three times a week at the moment. Not quite Jake Paul level, but you know, we'll get there. Um, And we were talking and... And the conversation came up again and, and you know, the other guy I was with was like, oh, well, like, he's still not fighting real boxers though, you know. I'm just like, for God's sake, give a guy a break, like – He's not a real boxer either. So why are you putting him against this? I don't know. I, like I just think I people love to hate. People love to hate and make excuses for people and he, like tall poppy syndrome. Whatever. Here's
0: the thing though, and I think this is the important distinction. And I do think that they actually erred, both the poor brothers erred too much in making this mistake when they first started doing this whole like boxing path where they where they referred to themselves too much as like, I am a boxer. I am a legitimate boxer <laughs> yeah. while they were not really boxing legitimate boxers. Whereas I think a lot more now, the the angle they're going with and what they're owning is like, we're entertainers. We're putting on a show yeah. and it's a fucking good show. And and the, at the, the end of the day, they want to show how much they can do and they are fighting better and better people. But at the end of the day, they're no longer trying to be like, I'm a legitimate boxer. I could take on the best in the world. They are really leaning into the entertainment side.
1: Well, do you know what's interesting, though, is that you use that word legitimate, like I'm not a legitimate boxer. And I think it's like are they moving to a place where they're not trying to claim to be legitimate boxers or is it just moving to a place where it's like being a legitimate boxer isn't better or worse than being great entertainment?
0: No, that's what I mean. Yeah. And they're I not, think like... They're just trying... They're not trying to claim to be something that they're not anymore.
1: Yeah, right. Which,
0: which is good. It's a good. That's a good direction to go because it's harder to hate on. You're like... Because if Jake Paul and Logan Paul stand there and like, we are entertainers... I, I mean, literally, Logan Paul, last fight, um, when he... When he... The song he came out to, you know, they have entrance songs. Yeah. His entrance song was The Greatest Showman.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, the musical. Like, a very... Most people come out to like really hardcore, like rap yeah. shit. He... Literally a, a musical, The Greatest Showman, which is such just like a like I think very much yeah, him it's like owning a, that brand.
1: Fuck you, yeah. I am exactly who I am. Yeah, it's like that. Um, uh, it's like that thing. It's like if you make self if you make fun of your weaknesses, no one else can.
0: You know what was you know the the craziest outcome though that I think came out of this Jake Paul fight. Is uh he the the guy who we beat, uh, who I'm fully forgetting the name of, basically in the like post-ring interview was like, I want to have a rematch. And then, you know, Jake and Logan Paul were like, nah, you had your chance. And then he kept pushing it in the ring and was like, Oh, you know, you won't fight me again, you won't fight me again. And then Jake was like, Look, I'll rematch you when you get I love Jake Paul tattooed on you. And I think obviously he didn't think that the guy would say yes. The guy's fully said. You got a deal. And then followed up on Twitter because Jake Paul posted, okay, I'll do it. But the, the um, tattoo specifications are like two by three inches must be visible even with a shirt and pants on, like fully, fully like iterated out. And he replied, yep, sounds good. Send me a contract. So like I actually don't know if there's going to be Incredible. a chill way for him to back out of doing this fight again. And the thing is, I think the other guy, the other, the guy who was fighting, who was a very, very accomplished, uh, I believe MMA, MMA fighter. MMA, yeah. I think that he was a bit cautious. And I think that's the general perspective is that he was a, he was, he's an absolute weapon of a human, knows how to take someone down. But obviously I think there was a, a very strong feeling that he definitely didn't want to get knocked out. So because of that, he was, at least until the final round, really quite cautious. And there was one moment, interesting, where Jake got absolutely dazed and was fully up against the ropes, like on his back, and he didn't go in for the kill. Which some people like all the fight was rigged. Definitely don't think that was the case, but I do think he was very much like on the on, on the cautious yeah, side. Yeah. And I really wonder if this rematch happens. Far out, this MMA guy—he's a big boy. Like Jake's Jake's pretty big, but. Oh, this guy's big and he's knocked a lot of people out in his day I would be because, ter- and I think he would just train I, I think a lot of people and I think the downfall of a lot of these fighters is they're going into these fights against Jake and Logan Paul and like oh, yeah bro he's just a YouTuber you know like yeah he's fought some like nobodies before but like I'm a real fighter like yeah like I'll train a bit but like he's a YouTuber it's going to be done Yeah, and so many have gone in with that perspective and they have come out Very much finding out that while he might be a YouTuber, he is a YouTuber who can throw a punch.
1: There is so much to be learned from the Paul brothers, and I think they are. People can critique them all you want. And I think there's they're absolutely open to critique, but I think they are incredible entertainers and they know they know how to generate a conversation. They know how to generate engagement. They know how to like, they know how to just like activate energy in people yeah. in a way that I think very, very few creators have a natural ability to do.
0: You know what? Hate them all you want. They cashed a big check Ooh. from all these fights. Very, very big checks.
1: How, like how, how much? Well, okay. how the I, I don't
0: quite believe this number because this was not the number that got reported on the official Uh, on any of the official paychecks. In fact, it was a a 20th of this, like an absolute fraction. But Jake Paul tweeted after, feels good being 10% closer to a billionaire, which obviously implies $100 million payday. Now, we don't know exactly what the pay-per-view take was, but I I think that does seem a a bit too crazy because even some of these huge MMA fights, uh, you know, like the biggest fighters are barely getting that much or not even getting that much. So that does seem a bit crazy, but I do agree it was probably quite a large payday, and uh, and as long as they're making money, they're making money, and they're probably happy. And I- speaking of good paydays, you know who else got a good payday this week? Did you like that segue I was setting? That I for a don't even there. know
1: where we're going, but please take it away. Dr.
0: Lupo. Dude,
1: Dr. Lupo did get a payday.
0: The newest big streaming contract has landed, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it is Dr. Lupo who is moving over to the big old YT YouTube from Twitch, which is maybe not quite as, like, giant a landmark streamer as some of their previous ones, but definitely a pretty significant signing.
1: Who who are you thinking, like... Is the most landmark. I mean,
0: I'm thinking about, I I don't know. I I don't think I could really name one for YouTube. YouTube's strategy, it seems, up till now has definitely focused more on getting their big YouTube creators and getting them to stream. But, and they haven't done two. The the ones in the past have obviously been Valkyrae, who wasn't as big when she was on Twitch when she first moved over. But, oh my God, what a move by YouTube because they have, Absolutely. Valkyrie is huge now. And uh, Dr. Lupo, sorry, and Courage Courage JD. He was the other big one. Dr. Lupo, I would say, is about on that Courage JD level. Um,
1: See, I think it's really interesting that you say that because I know what you mean. I think Lupo isn't, you know, he's not a Shroud. He's not a ninja. He's not not a Dr. Disrespect. But I think... Lupo is like a poster child of Twitch. Yeah. He is a poster child of Twitch. And I think Twitch would be pretty devastated to lose him. Like if I was Twitch, he's just – it's not even there are some creators where it's actually less about their size, I think, and more about what they're standing for and what they're representing what they for the platform. Yeah. And I think the work that Lupo has done, particularly all of his charity work, like that is important for Twitch. It is really, I, I guarantee you, when Twitch is going out to market and they're talking to people they need their poster children of the platform, and they're not always going to be the biggest people. Because if you think about the biggest people on Twitch, maybe they're not super brand safe, maybe they're not representing exactly what you want to be able to show that the platform is able to offer creators. Lupo is that for me. Mm. Like, he's a good person, you know, Dr. he's Lupo doing is really one. good work. Like, he's- I think they that's that's it's a gap to fill for twitch
0: lupo is one of the nicest uh creators i think i've ever met and i've uh, you know and we've we I haven't really had a one obviously in-person interaction with him since covid but every single time i have met him just a lovely human remember yeah. after uh, the pro am in uh, in melbourne ran into each other at the airport had, it was just a every time i see that man a delight true. a true lovely delight love the man to death and uh, and yeah, definitely a big one now. But I think the interesting thing is, are we going to see a new spate of kind of creator signings? Like, is YouTube going to make another big next generation move? Because um, you know, all the all the kind of original signings um, yeah. for YouTube contracts years. for streaming happened two years ago now. So wild.
1: Co- Do you remember like that? Two years sounds like a long time, but like it's when all those stream we just- wars were happening, that was a crazy time it's just
0: a big coronavirus black hole like i can't even i can't place the last two years i can't say if they felt long or short because they simultaneously feel like a very very long two years and a very very short two years i really can't place the last two years at all um but yes effectively uh i'm very interested to see if youtube's about to do because a lot of the time when these signings happen they happen in uh, kind of like short succession. So it'll be like, because, you know, big companies, they have budgets for set amounts of time. They're like, okay, we need to calculate our spend for this area of the business over the next two years. Go. So a lot of the time, the people in charge of that would have been handed a budget, said, find the best creators you can, go. And I'm very interested to see if we're about to see more creators get pulled off. And you know what else I think is very interesting This is definitely, definitely not something that Twitch is no longer thinking about. And you know how I know that? How? About three weeks ago, or four weeks ago now, uh, both Lannan, Lockie, and myself, who have had verified ticks on Twitch for five, six years, and we've always had them, got them removed. Interesting. Years after we started streaming on YouTube. Well years they were like oh we've got to get those guys and then they removed our verified ticks, um which was just like we're literally all browsing twitch one day and then uh locky posted in chat and then i checked and then landon checked and we're like son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) so it's still it's still something that that i think they're definitely uh thinking about is is that kind of holding trying to keep people on twitch and on the platform
1: yeah i think as i've said before i think platform activity and platform signing creators is always a great outcome for creators long term. Definitely. Um it's really interesting that you say that because um I had a meeting actually yesterday afternoon with the head of YouTube for Asia Pacific. Great guy. mid And <laughs> and it was really I interesting, you know, he was asking a lot about our experience with the different YouTube products, especially live and um, I found it really encouraging. Like they're quite aware of some of the shortfalls or, or shortcomings that they still have and improvements that they can make to the streaming product on YouTube. But um but the the progress, like it made me reflect on like some of that feedback we gave in the first couple months of you starting streaming on YouTube. And then to see where that's gone now, like it's Mm. just crazy.
0: Yeah, I think when you're working with big companies, sometimes as a creator, it can be a little bit frustrating because as a creator, you're like, I want to do this. So you do it. You want to jump? You jump. You want to make a video? You make a video. You want to do anything. You just do it and it's instant. But you do have to realize with these huge companies and this is what I, and and literally this is not a Google YouTube thing. This is every single company on planet Earth, almost every feature that I've ever seen a company try and roll out uh, is probably something that has been in the works for two two years, two, three years. Absolutely. Like I know a lot of the uh, like Twitch features, for example, because obviously Twitch is rolling out new features all the time. Like a lot of the time, those things I heard like about from someone I would know who was working at Twitch two years before you even see them. Yeah. And that person probably only found out after it had been worked on for a year. So a lot of these, it's crazy how much people I think a lot of the time think of the tech industry as really, you know, fast moving, fail, fail fast, fail quickly, whatever that line is. Um, but a lot of the time with these big features, companies are really, really taking their time.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyway, exciting. And exciting happy for stuff. Lupo. I, I hope, he's, Very happy for I hope Lupo. he's getting a bag.
0: Yeah, me too. Hope he's not doing it for free.
1: I, uh, he ain't doing that. For
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our last topic for today. Um, Addison Ray, TikTok star, one of the biggest TikTok stars on the platform, had her Netflix movie release. Now it's mm. not really her Netflix movie, but she was starred. A star.
0: Definitely a. Pull. Starred
1: in the remake of She's All That, which is now He's All That. And the movie released a couple of days ago, it immediately went to the number one most watched movie on Netflix, <sighs> basically around the world. And I think what was interesting about this, and, and this is like, this is no hate from my side. And I want to make that really clear. Um I I dislike automatically putting people down that have started in one box and try something else. I, I really am not for that. It's not nice energy.
0: But I'm going to be
1: objective.
0: Just very quickly, KSI with his music. Everyone was like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Now he's performing in front of huge festival crowds.
1: Yeah, 100%. This movie objectively, however, was not reviewed well. Uh, It was considered not good. Um, I would say- I love, how I, you're, have,
0: I love how you're not like, it was a bad movie. You're like, the critics have said- The <laughs> critics
1: have said. And actually the audiences, have said. Have said and the well. audiences have said that as well. And the audience have said that as well. It's you like you a, three, go online, a three out of
0: ten roughly on Rotten Tomatoes. If you,
1: if you go online, um, you know, there's there's like editing mistakes. Um, there's like wardrobe mistakes. There's like green screen mistakes that have somehow made it into the movie. Oh, I really want to it's, look up this now. Um, it's it's like objectively probably not that great and, and her acting was not reviewed <laughs> I very love well. You
0: try to stay indifferent. It's objectively probably not an Oscar-winning film. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a place for not Oscar-winning films. There Sometimes is. Sometimes you want a shitty Netflix movie. I'm all I've been there. Mm. I'm not I'm not hating.
0: You're on a date night? But
1: I think what's interesting to break down a little bit here is the fact that um Addison is obviously super talented and I think like I'm going to put a stop to anyone that says that she's not super talented to develop um, 100 million followers basically across all her platforms. She's got something going on. She's got an X factor and whether you like it or not she's doing a very very good job of her career right now. Two years ago she was a girl in college. She's now got an starring role in a movie on Netflix she's got a reality TV show she's it's it's all happening for her um what I think is really interesting is that um she was cast in this and I think it's interesting for us to break down why that was and I think the fact that this movie has gone to number one on Netflix perfectly exemplifies it Mm people might say, oh, it's not fair that she was cast in this movie because she hasn't got any acting experience and she's not even a great actress, which is, you know, which is shown by the end product. And I think I would really push back on that to say that it's not fair because I think, um, I think it's sort of turning a blind eye to the fact that it's actually not about what's fair. And I think a lot of Um, production houses, Netflix, HBO, it's not actually necessarily all about the quality of acting anymore. What they're trying to do is guarantee eyeballs on what they're producing. It is a hard slog out there in the attention for time and the attention for eyeballs. And I think what Netflix has really tapped into and what I think we will continue to see is social media people being cast in a lot of mainstream activity, whether that be singing or acting, movies, TV shows. I think we're going to continue to see it because the thing is, they're an inbuilt marketing machine. Mm. Machine. Like you think about how much Addison was promoting He's All That, the movie, the lead up, everything to literally more than 100 million people. Crazy. Like you can't buy that.
0: Those follower numbers are always crazy to me when I see people with followers in the, like, 100 million. Like, let's say 50% of the world has a reliable internet connection. Like, to the point where they're regularly enjoying TikTok yeah. content. 100 million people means, like, roughly 1 in 30 in the world it's are a, a follower of that person. Meaning, yeah. if you walk into a random room probably someone in there who engages with that person's content it, yeah. that's that's a, a vast following huge huge
1: what do you think about the fact that people like this are being cast in traditional media
0: I don't know I think there's this weird like snobbiness not only and you don't only see it with movies and music and everything but you just like a- around like content and yeah. entertainment these days. And I think yeah. you saw the exact same thing with like, uh, Jake the Paul. Jake Paul boxing fight and the Logan Paul boxing fight. Totally. You're like, Oh no, but like, it's not a real boxing fight who the hell cares? Why are you watching boxing? You're watching boxing to be entertained. Whether you get that entertainment from seeing someone perform at an incredibly high athlete level or whether you're seeing it from the banter beforehand, or whether you're just seeing it because you want to see two people punch each other who really don't like each other. Like at the end of the day, you are there for the entertainment. Just because that entertainment doesn't take on the most pure form of which it has traditionally been enjoyed doesn't make it any less oh, entertaining. Totally. And I, I actually say this about a lot like, of movies.
1: You guys out there saying, oh, Jake Paul's not a real boxer. He's not boxing real people. The fact that you're even saying that shows you're engaged, shows you know what's happening. Yeah. Therefore, you are paying for them. And your
0: engagement is eyeballs and your eyeballs are money. And That's your exactly, money is what you drives are, the economy. You are
1: giving them exactly what they want. They don't care if the reception is positive no. or negative.
0: Bring the haters on.
1: Yeah. Um, Same as I guarantee that. Because a lot of those haters are buying those
0: pay per views. <laughs>
1: guarantee the producers of all that. We're not going into that movie thinking we're making an Oscar winning movie. Yeah. I promise you no. that probably wasn't the intention or the expectation. No, it's at it's all. a movie
0: that a bunch of they f- 13, 13, 14 year olds. They're going to make
1: a movie that every single teenage girl in America is going to watch.
0: Yeah. And, and I actually think a lot of the time with entertainment, that the snobbies snobbiness of it can be a bit of a downfall like yeah. i say this with a lot of movie reviews where these days i actually don't trust a lot of movie reviewers for example uh i use this uh for when i'm talking about movies like dunkirk dunkirk if you've watched it is objectively a cinematography masterpiece it is stunning incredible mind-blowing from the audio to the music to how it captures but for, at least from my opinion, objectively, in terms of my enjoyment of it, I didn't find it a really, like, fun movie to watch or a really kind of, like, enjoyable right. experience. But then there are movies like Zombieland that are just dumb. By no means are they cinematography masterpieces, but they're really fun to watch. Yeah. And they're enjoyable. And you know what? While the reviewer might have given Dunkirk a 10 out of 10 and Zombieland a 6 or a 7, at the end of the day, in terms of where I got the most fun spending two hours of my time, Land definitely. Yeah. And and I think that, like, at the end of the day, there is a lot of this, like, snobbiness, and you see that where people are effectively being those movie critics, but to areas that aren't just the, the yeah. film industry. They're like, no, 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 how dare you be entertained by this non-purist content? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's that it's the exact point you made. All these entertainment companies are doing is trying to get eyeballs on the content. That is literally all that matters. If what they're producing is literally a blank screen for two hours, but it gets millions of people watching it, then they're going to do that over a masterpiece that gets 10,000 people. Absolutely. Like, it, it's just the way it works.
1: Like The moment that you are snobby and pretentious about what content is or isn't or should or shouldn't be, is the moment that you're falling behind, mm. like literally the moment you're falling behind. I don't know. I feel like TikTok came about and two years ago we were probably like, oh, what is TikTok? What is Musical.ly? Like these teenagers dancing to dancers. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like this is dumb. It's not what it should be. And the fact is, if we said that, we were wrong. We were Mm. wrong. And if you're ignoring what people are gravitating towards, you are falling behind. And I think TikTok has actually really been that thing for a lot of people. I think TikTok came out and people were like, oh, the teenagers these days, like dancing their little dances to songs and stuff. And it's just like, you know what? That's the biggest media app of 2021. And like, that has been the biggest disruptor to social media in the last yeah. 10 years, I reckon.
0: And you can see every other social, every other app, YouTube, now Instagram, it. all suddenly being like, holy crap, this is a thing we can't ignore. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it, it's so easy to sometimes sit there and be like, I don't understand it. I don't like it. Therefore it's dumb. Like, yeah. and, and that's something that I've really wrestled with, with, uh, with like NFTs. And I know that you and I have both been talking about NFTs a lot. And like, I literally still sit there and I'm like, I, I, I don't get it. And because of that, I personally don't fully engage with it probably to my detriment. If I, if I jumped into NFTs when we were first talking about NFTs, bought a bunch of those like bored ape, whatever the hell they are, probably would have been a great investment. I personally don't understand it. But at the end of the day, if something is a thing, there's no point just sitting there with like your fingers in your ears being like, la, 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 no, nope, it doesn't exist. I choose yeah. to believe this is dumb. No, see what see there is demand, see there is activity. And honestly, you just got to respect it and you got to do what you can to understand it.
1: I also think like curiosity is just such a beautiful quality in people. Mm. Like I think staying curious – is almost like one of the number one recipes of success that I see in people that I would hope to emulate is that they're curious yeah. about new things, is that they're not like resting on their laurels about what they currently know and thinking that what they know now is enough to get ahead in life. It's like they're constantly appreciating the fact that there's new things. And I think, I think about people that like have done that so well. And I don't know, off the top of my head, I think like Andy Miller is one of those people. You know, like I think Andy Miller came into esports and he didn't pretend to know everything about esports or esports orgs or what it took to run an esports org. And I still think like even now, if I am speaking or interacting with him, you can tell he like really leans on the people around him that know more about particular areas. And I think that is like such a sign of intelligence yeah. and it's like knowing
0: what you don't know knowing
1: what you don't know is such a sign of intelligence but also not appreciating that just because you don't know about something doesn't mean it's not valid like Andy's a smart guy you know like Andy probably knows a lot about a lot of things Mm. (laughs) but He, I think, also recognises consistently that there's he's still got a lot to learn and there's lots of things that probably have the potential to be very successful that he doesn't know about. I think, like, that is such a cool quality to possess and it's something that, like, I hope to emulate more. So if you don't know about something but you can tell there's, like, something behind it, I don't know, like stay curious just because you don't get it doesn't mean it's wrong.
0: And in a business sense, yeah. If you're the person sitting there seeing a trend emerge, seeing audience and viewership or money or demand or anything go towards something and you are just talking about how dumb it is and how you don't like it, you're going to be the grandpa with the Nokia who refuses to change the iPhone and you're going to fall behind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: That is a good takeaway. I like that. That was a that was a that, that went in a much deeper, more interesting direction than I thought our, uh, our Addison Ray topic would go. All
1: right, I think that's all we have time for this week, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being part of Watch Time in this space like this office is where watch time started mm-hmm. i remember when we moved into the office and we were like maybe this will be a podcast room and i'm very grateful for the audience that we've developed on watch time over the last 2 years like it's been it's been so fun it's
0: been very fun
1: And something that I think, like, yeah, I'm excited to do more of and I think a new space will encourage all sorts of new things. So, anyway, we're not going anywhere. You're still going to see us next week. It will just be in a different location. But thank you guys so much for watching and your support, as always, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.